We were sitting in a booth at the rear of the Iguana Club, somewhere in North Berlin. We had crossed Oranienburgerstrasse, and I had seen a sign for the Stettiner Station, but otherwise I had yet to get my proper bearings in this city, the third largest in the world, so Berliners kept reminding me. I sipped at my drink and waited for midnight to arrive. In the meantime, there was a small jazz band on a semicircular stage playing It Happened in Monterey. South of the border, I thought, that's where I want to be, somewhere louche and very, very indiscreet. A few couples danced, but without real enthusiasm, it seemed to me, as if the clientele were waiting for some signal to be given so they could really begin to enjoy themselves. Almost all the men were in evening dress with white ties. Reiner offered me a cigarette and lit it for me. Reiner Nagel was his full name and he was an old friend of Greville. I wondered how they had come to know each other, and how well, but Reiner gave nothing away. He was a small, stocky man with a square face, handsome in a fit, muscular way, but he had an agitated, fussy manner, as if he were constantly trying to keep his energy levels under control, always patting his pockets, tapping ash off his cigarette, checking the knot of his tie. I had asked him what he did, and he said, Oh, a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of buying, a bit of selling. He spoke excellent English, and was almost over-polite. Now he snapped his fingers to attract a waiter's attention, and when the man came over, he whispered in his ear for a good minute, it seemed. I was wearing a black crepe dress with a velvet collar and a fur stole, also black. I had pinned up my hair under a felt cloche hat with a small ultramarine feather, the aim being to look both smart and unobtrusive. When Reiner had collected me at my hotel, the Silesia Hospice on Prenzlstrasse near Alexanderplatz, he had said, You look very a la mode, Amory, with a kind of charming insincerity that almost made me laugh. I wondered if Reiner was a queen like Greville, one of the many schwulen that you could see all over the city if you looked hard. I didn't think so somehow, but I could hardly trust my intuition given how badly it had failed me with Greville. At midnight, the band took a short break, and I noticed a crowd of men and women heading for the lavatories that were reached by a corridor leading off the main club room by the bar, indicated by an electric sign saying, Closet. Reiner glanced around the room as it slowly emptied. This was odd, I thought, as I knew that clubs in Berlin stayed open until three in the morning. Then the band returned and began playing again, though it was apparent that no one was much interested in dancing anymore. Waiters began to clear the unoccupied tables. Are they closing? I asked. No, we are opening. Reiner stood up, and I did so too, taking the opportunity to quickly snatch a photograph or two of the room with my little ensignette. So much for the celebrated decadence of Berlin, I thought. Where was I going to find my scandal? Reiner guided me through the tables, and we made for the corridor that led to the lavatories. Welcome to the Closet Club he said. There was a door. It looked like the door to a broom cupboard, 
between the Damen and Heron toilets, and a tall mustachioed man in a gold-frogged greatcoat that came down to his ankles stood there guarding it. Reiner gave him first a card, then some money, and the door was opened for us, revealing a steep flight of stairs that led down to a thick leather curtain. As we descended, I could hear the excited chatter of conversation and could smell cigar and cigarette smoke. Reiner held the leather curtain open for me, and I stepped into the closet club. Now this was more like it, I thought. It was a dark, narrow, low-ceilinged room. I wondered if it had been an underground garage in a previous life. Clustered tables and chipped gilt chairs faced...